everybody, and welcome to the new Copcast podcast. We're going to be coming at you as a weekly podcast from here on in, and we'll be covering all the topics of Liverpool, whatever they happen to be, on a weekly basis. Also, we may add uh, additional podcasts as we move forward with the season for, for cup competitions and so on, but we're initially going to start out with once a week to kick the whole thing off. You may know us from other podcasts on other sites from from the past season, but we're here on our own now on Cop Left as as our as our host for for the podcast, and here we shall stay. So I will introduce uh, the panel that we have here tonight. As I say, they may be familiar faces to you and voices to you. They may not be. First up in Berlin, it's been a while since I've spoken to this guy, and I'm very happy to have him on this particular podcast. We have Neil Patterson. How the hell are you, Neil? All well with you? Yeah, all grand. Great to great to be back. I'm um, looking forward to doing this podcast this year, and yeah, it's been a while, so good crack to be to be on, and really uh, really excited. And if that wasn't enough, someone that I haven't spoken to in, on a podcast for it seems like an eternity is Carly Murray. Uh, how the hell are you, Carly? It's very nice to have you back again. It's lovely to be talking to you. Thanks very much. It's nice to be back. Um, looking forward to the season ahead and some more decent football to watch. And don't be starting any fights, please. <laughs> <laughs> I make no promises. And you, you may have noticed there's a distinctly Northern Ireland feel about this particular podcast, which is just about to go completely out the fucking window, uh, with my next guest, who is Amara Naz in London. How the hell are you, Amara? Again, a long time since I've spoken to you on a pod. You're very well. I was just about to do an Irish accent and I chickened out at the last minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Thank God for that. I'm squeamish. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, for those who don't know, maybe it would be an idea at this point to introduce myself. Maybe My name is Dave Karen. I live in Brazil. Uh, as you can tell from my wonderfully Brazilian accent, by way of Bangor County down in Northern Ireland. And I'm out here for five years. So I live here, do podcasts here. As I say, some of you may know that, some of you may not. But let's get down into... Basically, what's been happening here over the summer at Liverpool Football Club. And I will start out with Neil. And the first thing, really of note, there's been some changes in the back room. I think we might get a chance to talk a little bit about more in depth about that uh, as we move on. But really, the biggest news, and I think that's the best place to start this podcast, is the sign of Manny for 30-odd million, uh, whatever it's going to end up being. Some, some say it's 38, some say it's 36, some say it's 34. My own particular perspective on this one, Neil, would have been, while I, I can appreciate the player's qualities, I, I thought that maybe the fee was a little bit a little bit in the heavy side. But then when we see some of the deals that are taking place in this, are projected to take place in this transfer window, he may end up looking like uh, a bit of value for money for us. What do you what do you think of that signing, Neil? And, and where do you think he fits in in, in the Klopp uh, mentality? Obviously, the Manning news is one of the biggest bits of news of the summer. Probably the, the Klopp contract would be the other one at this point. I'm sure we'll, we'll speak about that later. But Manning, yeah, I mean, when it comes to a fee, I mean, that's the first, first thing that you see, you know, Mane signs for 30 million and then there's arguments whether it's 34 or 36. I personally don't know exactly what the fee is, but it's going to be around that 30 to 33 million mark, I would imagine. And initially you think it's a hefty chunk. It's, it's certainly not small change, but then when, when you see Pogba possibly going for over 100 million, I think uh, I was listening to the Bodies in the Box podcast earlier and you, you mentioned 106 million pounds. And when you see Troy Deeney valued at, at 25 million or, or 30 million or 25 million um, offers being rejected for Troy Deeney, and, and when you think we look like we're going to recoup the full 32 and a half million or the, pretty close to that on, on Ben Teke, 
you know, I think that's outstandingly fantastic. That would be awesome <laughs> to get that, that money be, back on him after this. It's great. And we've been fortunate with that. I mean, if if that goes through, it looks like it is going to go through. But we've been fortunate because of the TV money, because of the 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 feeling that the so-called smaller clubs now have that you know they can go out and lash a bit of cash and and try to establish themselves and try and push themselves up the league. So I mean, a club like Palace throwing around thirty odd million and willing to take Benteke off off our hands. Who, to be fair, I mean, he didn't fit for us, and he's not he's not he's not at the very in the very top echelon of strikers. But I mean, he scored twelve goals, and he'd, he'd do well for a Premier League club like Palace, who have wingers who. But he'll get, score goals anywhere he goes, and yeah. you know you know what I mean. It's, it's just he didn't fit our style. Yeah, and and you know, I think maybe, maybe maybe myself included. Our fan base was a little bit hard on him, uh, a little bit harsh over the course of the last season, but I think that was more to do with the frustrations maybe that were felt around it. Yeah, yeah, I think we all, well, a certain section of us certainly felt that uh, Ben Teke was um, the last throw of the dice from a desperate manager who was, in fact, perhaps even, even he, he perhaps even knew, but he, he was... Um, on his last legs, and and we, I think a lot. Just ask the people that you brought there. Yeah, exactly. We had to throw that in there. So you know, it's great business on on Benteke, thirty two and a half million, and so when you think that you maybe spent that on Mane, uh, a player who is exciting. I mean, there's no no doubt about it. I mean, there are reservations that the people have, um, and some of them are are certainly valid and understandable. But I think if you if you look back at his history over three, four seasons rather than just over the season and a half at um, at Southampton. You, you you do see a pattern. You do see a player that's that's going to fit into Klopp's system. You do see a player that, that does have a large number of, of ball re, regains in the final third. You do have a player that, that's very used to playing that, that pressing system and, and playing and can pr- play across the front line. You do have an incredibly tenacious player uh, who, who will feel five or six or seven or eight or nine times in a game, but he will keep going until... He gets to, you know, he gets the result. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of attitude you kind of get from him is that he's not satisfied to, to not do well in the game. So I think, I mean, I think all that sort of fits, fits in very well with Klopp and you can understand that, um, he was by all accounts, um, scouted intensively by Klopp while he was at uh, Dortmund and, and Mane was at Red Bull Salzburg and he was on, on a wish list of Klopp. At that time, so so yeah, I mean, fuck it. I mean, these days, what what are prices? I mean, as isn't the Dylan say earlier about how the prices could just go through the roof, and they absolutely could. So what may look initially like a a, a massive fee may prove at the end of the summer to have not been that exorbitant at all. No, I hear you on that, and I, and I tend to actually agree with you on that, Neil, because. Given some of the data and some of the projections that are given, you know, he's worth X much. 40-50 seems to be coming into play an awful lot if you read the newspapers, albeit it's yet to be spent. Carly, as an Anfield regular, are you looking forward to seeing Mr. Manny ply his trade for Mr. Klopp at Anfield? God, yeah. Um, I've missed the second half of the Tramier game, so I didn't get to see him in that. But I watched the game tonight against Fleetwood and him and Moreno linked up superbly on the left. So that was pretty exciting, the pace that the two of them both have. And also, if anybody else watched the game tonight, you'll also see how well Duke Greig did on his first game. He got us a penalty, he hit the woodwork and he scored. So, to be honest, I think he kind of shone more for me tonight. But I think all of the arrivals this, this season have really sort of 
every Liverpool fan has been positive about them. There's been no real sort of n- n- negativity around it. So next season shape not to be good. I'll say we've made a few improvements to the squad, but it'll also be interesting to see who he eventually does decide to let go and also if any of the kids, if they go out and loan, because Kent really impressed me um, tonight and also against Tranmere. I thought he was really, really impressive. Well, you have made a disadvantage because out here in the jungles of Brazil, we don't get Liverpool's uh, friendly games. Uh, we might get the tournaments, you know, that, that are coming up with the, with the sort of the, the the European tournaments coming up pre-season, but we certainly don't get against Tranmere. Umara, for you again, same question, Manny. You know, basically on the back of what Neil said there and so on. Does does this worry you as as bad value for money? Or are you as 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 you begin to see him in the shirt? Are you beginning to have those fears allayed? Well, initially, I, I I had an issue with the fee, um, but you know, as we, we we've come to know in recent years, that kind of money isn't that much anymore. We we see that you you get those kinds of fees for even the players that aren't uh, that top level in, uh, of, of of world football now. So thirty million, whereas I thought was a bit much for Mane because you know he hasn't set the world alight or anything by any means at Southampton. But he, I've watched him in the last couple of preseason friendlies and he does look like he's going to fit the style. He's sort of you know he makes those runs. He's he's got a lot of pace. I was surprised though when I I did a bit of research on him for my article when um and I think Neil alluded to it earlier that Klopp had been watching him for quite a few years now. I think it's since the 2012 Olympics even. I think that came up that, you know, he'd been interested in him. So um, that was quite surprising because we know that we all love, and I think Neil and I had a little bit of a, a back and forth on Twitter about this a couple of days ago. We all want that kind of big signing to come in and, you know, give us all a bit of a boost. But Klopp's shown his, his kind of, you know, his talents by bringing in these younger players and making them world class or making them, you know, bringing them up a level. He's done that with some of our plays even just last season where they weren't that good, but they've gone up a couple of notches. So he can do that with the players that he gets. So it's not going to be wholly surprising to find that he's going to pick players that we weren't expecting. You know, he's picked, we've bought who Karius, Matip, Grujic and Mane and none, you know, I had not heard of a couple of them if I'm going to be completely honest with you. So yeah, that that's, that's really good because we know that Klopp said that he likes to train these players. He doesn't like to buy them, but he would prefer to train them. So, you know, his, his philosophy is really sort of, um, he's embedding his philosophy really well with Liverpool. So, whereas, like I said, we would all like to have a couple of big star names come in, we, we're probably going to see more of these unknown players if you would like to see something like that he did at Dortmund and then he turned those players into world-class um, talent at the end. So, it looks really promising with Mane as well now. I mean, like I said, I've seen him in a couple of matches and he, he linked up well with Firmino in the first game. And I think Carly mentioned he linked up well today as well with a couple of our other players. So I'm I'm really quite hopeful for, for Mane now. It wasn't initially, but, you know, that's just probably down to, to us not seeing what Klopp sees. And that's the most important thing. He needs to have the vision and the foresight, whereas we just sit there and <laughs> moan all the time. And, um, you know, we pick up on it a bit later. But, you know, it's more important that he knows what he's doing. And I think he does. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm going to swing across to Neil again, because you made a good point there, Amara. You know, we, we basically sat on doing podcasts last season, complaining about the lack of leadership and the lack of experience in the squad. As it stands at the moment, it doesn't look, Neil, that we are going to end up getting a very experienced player. Now, all that can change. It's a long window. But as we stand today, 
and the targets that we're being um, linked with, you know, you've got the Hood, you've got Jonathan Ta, none of whom well, very good players, but don't have that sort of experience in football. Given the fact your 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 location there in Germany and you've you've witnessed Klopp and what he does with teams, is that a worry for you long term, or do you completely put your trust in this guy with with a younger squad without that sort of old head to guide them? No, I mean I I would trust him in in the sense that I think we've got experience in the team already in the squad it may not they may not necessarily be the the, the most fashionable players when you think of a of a James Milner for example but or you know Daniel Sturridge has been at Liverpool now three seasons okay he was out for one but you know he's been there a long time Phil Coutinho every, he's another year on that's again three seasons Emery Chan is another year on Jordan Henderson the captain we missed him a lot last season I mean not just on the on the pitch in terms of um in terms of the way he plays and what he brings in that but I mean people that don't rate him as a captain that's fine maybe maybe he's not maybe he shouldn't be necessarily the the club captain but he certainly uh, has a presence on the pitch he certainly is in the referee's ear um he captained England under, under 21s for years and he's loads of experience so I mean we we do, do you think that's an endorsement <laughs> Well, not necessarily, <laughs> but in terms of leadership, you know, he has done it. He has been in the role for a long time, and he is always in the refs here. You see him, he sort of tries to manage the game. Now, perhaps he doesn't have that presence, and we're spoiled because, you know, we had Stephen Gerrard, and there's a, a good article, actually, I read today that's on the, the Anfield Index site about captains. You know, it, it, it alludes to the fact that we were um, spoiled by having, obviously, Stephen Gerrard, who was a natural captain, but in, ter- in terms of the way he played, uh, and, and being a scouser and having the heart of the club. Uh, also, from before that, having Sammy Hippia, who was a colossus, really, you know, the most dependable of centre-backs you could have ever had and one of the most level-headed players you'll ever see. So he's up against strong competition in that, or stiff competition from, from, from now essentially ghosts when it comes to that. But what the point I'm trying to make is we have, we have experience. We have Premier League experience and we have players who have played many games now for Liverpool and have been who know the ethos of the club. Neil, sorry, isn't it important to have I know you're you've you've mentioned a couple of names with experience, isn't it important to have winners? Maybe just buying a couple of people who've actually know how to win something. You, do, mean, you, do you see what I'm getting at? It's all well and good having do, experience in the Premier League, but then you, you you want those kind of players who know how to win big games and who know how to win competitions, if won titles, if won cups. Again, Whereas we had know how to get past I, Iceland. I don't think winners. <laughs> I don't think winners are bought. I think winners are made, and I think it's it's well, it's very well. That's very, certainly Klopp's philosophy. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very very dangerous to try and buy winners because once winners have won stuff, they're not as hungry. You know, in that well, sense, you know what I'm saying? I, I would say that you're looking to get the next crop of winners before they become winners because you're not gonna, you're not gonna be in the market at a hundred million. You're not gonna be in. You, you've heard the fees. We were talking about them earlier. So if you want a proven winner, you're not gonna be in it at 70 million, 75 million. It's yeah. Not, it's kind of like a vicious circle, really, isn't it? Gonna we're not happen. gonna attract that kind of player. And then if we make winners, uh, by the time we actually win something, a lot of them have gone. No, they decide to move on. That's another issue as well. You, you hope a lot. Not. You hope not. You hope though. not. It's, but then you know the the football's quite cutthroat, yeah. isn't it, at the moment? Be, and players players do want to win things, and then you do get some some players who will want them want to move on to your so Barcelona's players, or to your. A lot of players whoever. say say they want to win things, but you know, yes, they do, and yes, there are some some real winners like your Suarez's 
who really, really want to be at the very, very top. But a lot of players, when they say win things, they mean more money. We want to move to a club that guarantees us 200 grand a week. And again, there's a, there's another article I read which, which talks about FSG and, and not transfer fees and stuff, but the fact that their wage structure doesn't meet that of, of top clubs. And that's another conversation, but you're in that catch 2022 situation. And I think hopefully that the, the club signing the six year contract as a statement of intent to say that he's going to be there long term will attract players who, who really are winners, who really want to be winners, who have the actual ethic for progression and getting to excellence within their game rather than just to making it to one of the gravy train clubs. No, and that, those are those are all actually very fair points. And, and you mentioned you know, Klopp being a winner. Uh, I'm going to come to Carly here. You know, he was given a, a new contract there in the past week. What what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it was the right action by the club? Um, you know, it was very much sort of projected to us that it was you know protecting Klopp uh, as an interest of, of Liverpool Football Club, and you know, so he can't be poached elsewhere. Not that I think he would have gone anywhere myself. He, he does seem to have his heart completely in, in his job at the moment. But do you think that was the right move for the club, or do you feel, as, as many do, not not myself, but I know that there are many out there who feel he hasn't won anything, it's a bit too soon, he's not even been there a full season and you're extending his contract. Personally speaking, I don't have a problem with it. What's your own views on it? Um, pretty much the same as you. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And to be honest, it came as a bit of a shock. Um, like you say, he's only sort of been in the job, what, six months to a year, if even that now. And to be extending his contract did seem a little strange. Um, I've obviously seen a few people on Twitter who are cynics and maybe saying, oh, this is FSG securing Klopp for a longer time as a view to, you know, getting a better profit when they're looking to sell the club. Because a lot of people are now talking about this, that they're looking to sell. I don't know. It was a bit strange. But obviously, I think when, it, when he came to us, everybody was over the moon. So... I do believe, given time, Klopp will bring us success. So from that point of view, I have no problems with it. But it, it did catch me off guard. I did think it was a bit strange. But, I mean, Klopp and his assistants both seem happy. He's still very much a work in progress, like you mentioned earlier. Um, even changing the backroom staff, he's only starting to get into that now. So we'll just have to wait and see whether there is some rumor, truth behind the rumours about FSG trying to bolster any profit they might get and trying to secure him for a bit longer but it did seem a bit strange to me no and and you know there's another train of thought out there i had a, I had a discussion on twitter uh, last week about it and you know along the lines of had he won the europa league and so on we could see why he would get the contract but you know why are we rewarding this and i i personally speaking i don't mind i, th- I think that you're going to have to give a clop time but play devil's advocate to it. Things can change very, very quickly in, in football, and one incident can change everything, a la Mourinho and Eva Carneiro, uh, for example. Do, do you, I, although I don't feel for one second Klopp's that type of man. I wouldn't want to cross him, but I don't think he'd do it publicly. <laughs> what do you feel about that particular angle of it? Well, I mean, ha- had this happened sort of last season and Klopp has come to us, I can maybe understand it a little more than giving him an extended contract. But with the movement that's happened during the summer and coming up to the Euros, I mean... Mourinho's now settled at United, Conte's gone to Chelsea, um, Guardiola's now at City. There really aren't that many jobs out there that you would kind of maybe associate Klopp with. I know there was maybe some talk of him go the German national side, but there's not really that many jobs out there for me that maybe would have interested him or we could have maybe seen as a threat. And like you say, he does seem pretty settled and pretty happy and he's really only getting his teeth into being at Liverpool. So I really don't 
didn't see him looking elsewhere or going anywhere. But I mean, I suppose it's to be welcomed if he's if he's willing to stay a bit longer. Then we'll see. Because like we've already sort of touched on earlier, Klopp is the kind of manager who wants to work with players. He wants to progress them. He's not the type to go out and buy a quick fix if it's not needed. So he is the type of manager that will take time with players, and we need to give him that time. And Neil, I think you want to quash rumours about that, that that German job, do you? Well, yeah, I, mean, I read today that it's been uh, confirmed that Joachim Löw's going to stay on for uh, the 2018 World Cup anyway. So, so yeah. We're in for a lot more nose-picking and arse-scratching. That's sniffing. it, like, a wee, wee <laughs> sniff of the ball sack and all that. Like, oh, you know? disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> At least wait until the fucking camera's gone off you, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Or wait till you're at home, not outside of football. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what he does behind closed doors? <laughs> yeah, that's in public. Yeah. That's in front of the world. Absolutely. Oh you know, gosh. But yeah, I mean, Klopp's contract. I think it's. A, I, have to, I have to say, I think it's a good thing. I have to. I know there there are always going to be sort of theories that are bound and whatever, but putting Klopp on a big contract, if if FSG sell it's it to a, to a, to a Saudi sheikh or, or whatever it might be, an Arab consortium or or you know a Thai uh, airline company or whoever it is, if, if they end up doing that, the fact that Klopp's on a on a long term deal won't stop wouldn't stop the the next managers or the next owners coming in and, and getting rid of them if if they saw fit. At the end of the day, Klopp's a, a a German, you know, he's moved his whole family over. And he wants to know what his future is going to be. And he's always worked long term. He had, it's well documented, he had seven years at Mines. He had seven years at, at uh, Dortmund. He's now going to, he's putting pen to paper to make it seven years at Liverpool. It means his future sorted. It means his family's settled. It means he knows he has a project. His, his, his backroom staff, uh, they're all in, in on the deal as well. So, I mean, it, it, it ensures continuity. For me, it sends out great message a great message to, to any potential transfer target because short-termism in football can ruin well it ruins football and it ruins players can can potentially ruin players as well because you know you get signed by one manager and six months later he's out the door somebody else comes in who, who has a completely different philosophy and, and you get fucked over and it, it says to to any names we're not going to pay the top wages but we can we can offer you a a competitive wage or a good wage plus the continuity of working with one of Europe's top coaches for the next six six years, the next five years or whatever. Plus you ensure the value if, if anyone did try and poach him. So I mean I think it's win for everybody and I don't think we need to really look too deeply into it. No, and and I'm I'm happy to hear that uh, Mr. Lowe's staying in Germany, to be honest with you. For all his um let's say Unsatisfactory habits. I do like the guy. <laughs> uh, Mara, for you, your your thoughts on on the Klopp contract, and and I have another wee question for you when you do that. Yeah, I just I agree with the guys. It's only, it's only got to be a good thing. I mean, when he came, we knew that it was going to be for the long term. We, we knew that he wasn't going to stick around for a little while and go. So why not offer him the contract and just tie him down? Um, you know, you'd get people who are just going to be cynical just for the sake of it and those kind of people who'd be suspicious of a nun but you, you're always going to have those kind of people God, so. you're totally trying to say about me like I said we knew this was going to we always seem to be saying this about Liverpool but it's going to be kind of a long term rebuild so it, to, to tie him down to a contract just it just makes sense to me anyway so I have no issues or no uh, sort of any suspicions as to why I mean obviously the we'll we'll find out if there is anything going on under behind the scenes but um yeah it's it's all good in my in my opinion 
No, and that's fine. And, and the next point I want to make, and I'm going to stay with you, Amara, on this one, because I know it's something that uh, you have something to say about. Do you see a change in the captain's armband this season? And if so, who would be your choice? How about that? Why, why do I have something to say about this, by the way? <laughs> Is it well, well, you, you, you always no. Well, you and I have discussed this on many occasions. I thought you'd be you'd be well up for discussing your your choice of cap. I would give it to Emery Chan. I actually would give it to him. I would love to give it to Sacco, but it, everything's a bit up in the air with him at the moment. He's now injured apparently, so and he does seem to be out every now and then with injuries. So I don't know if that's a feasible option. Chan's still a little bit young. Just looking at the options at the moment, and um, Henderson. While, while he's a good captain, I don't have any issues with Henderson. I just think, you know, maybe Chan should be made the vice captain as well. I don't know about James Milner personally. I thought I always had issues with him having the vice captaincy. But, um, yeah, that is, it's a bit open, that one. There's a, there's, it's difficult because you don't have that sort of like we were saying earlier. You don't have that one leader in our team. And the one or two that we do have just don't aren't there consistently enough to be able for us to be able to say, yes, that you can have it like. For example, Sacco, I just mentioned. But yeah, I, um, Chan would be an option. Henderson for now. I mean, it's interesting to see what um, Klopp does. I think, you know, he's he's sort of given the armband around a bit, hasn't he, over the over the, the preseason and, and the last couple of matches we had. So we don't really see a pattern with him either. So it's um, it's interesting to see what he does. I'm not really quite sure where it's going to go myself. But if you, if, if, if you were expecting I, me to say he's going to give it to Deja Lovren, you're wrong. I actually wouldn't want him to. Well, he, he did actually wear just it. purely for the fact that people would just explode. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Lovren did have the armband today. He did have the armband today. He did. Yeah, it was pre-season. It was only for one half. Yeah, I don't know why people were getting so upset. He also tried. <laughs> he looked bloody good in it though, so I have to say so. because right, he. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe it was the kit. I don't know. But I'm not. So, I'm not. I've never so, called so, for him so to Carly have it. I only the black armband when Lovren's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never called for him to have it. So any any kind of insinuation there is it's I I actually wouldn't push, push for him to have it at all. Carly, you're between these two and my screen. Please get between the two of them now and tell me who you want to have as captain, even though I know. Far it's away. The stupidest who, who question you? ever. Yeah, I know it's the bloody stupidest question. Anybody that knows you. Emery Chan, haven't said that. Carly. <laughs> <laughs> haven't said that. I mean, I don't really think Henderson's done anything to have the captaincy taken off him. But, and also... But he's not actually done anything to keep it, has he? Well, I mean, don't forget how long he was out for last season. Um... I do think we missed him on the pitch. However, I would I would have no qualms in having having the captaincy taken off him. However, I don't think he would give it to Chan. My two options would be Chan and Sacco. So to be honest, when Milner signed, I was quite happy he was given the vice captaincy because you know he's been at City, he's won things, he has a winning mentality, he has a lot of experience. I had no problems with him having the vice captaincy. But as the season went on, like the guys have said, sort of Sacco and. Chan seemed to be playing a lot more. Um, there was a bit more consistency from them, and uh, Chan has just has maturity beyond his years on the pitch. And I think there's a few people on Twitter who think he's overrated and just don't seem to understand the fuss ar- around him. But I just think he's the best thing since sliced bread. No, I think there's actually more on Twitter who who don't rate Sacco to be honest with you, which which I find completely bizarre myself. Well, um, I was one of those at you... the start, but well, we I know, but converted. you. 
<laughs> we converted you. I know. Neil, for you, I, I, w- I would not necessarily take the armband off. Henderson, I would actually sell him. I <laughs> go as far as selling the guy. Uh, but uh, your, your thoughts on, on that and, and on the new captain for the season? Because I know you do sort of like Henderson. You do admire his qualities. Yeah, I mean, it's, it depends what um, what Jordan Henderson you've got. I mean, if, if you have the Jordan Henderson from the, the fabled, you know, the famous, the infamous now, 13-14 season, then you've got a one, one hell of a player because you've got a boundless energy, you know, you've got vision, you've got you've got strength, you've got the ability to play uh, a couple of different systems in the midfield, you, you know. So I do like him as a player last season. Heavily injured, uh, didn't really get the star, but um, you know there's a lot of talk that this injury is is debilitating, that this is chronic, and that he's never going to be that kind of energetic, all action central midfielder again. And in that case, then you lose a lot of what Jordan Henderson gives you because he, I, I think you know he needs that part to to knit the rest of it together. You know, it's not that he's a very good passer, but he's not a, an amazing passer. He, he's a very he needs that energy burst to make that third man run, which which he did so well in that season. He needs the the ability to to stop and go very very quickly, to to shuttle in the midfield, to press, like he did so well that season. So if you if you're sort of a if you're a medical insider at the at Liverpool and you're Jurgen Klopp and you, you're privy to information that says that you know probably you're not going to get that Jordan Henderson again, then then I would sell him because I think you could still get get good money for him a lot of managers might take the punt that, that he will be okay after the injury and he will recover plus he's he's obviously english he's of a good age so you get a lot of money for him the captaincy you know if, if henderson can prove himself um fit and 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 able to play and, and contribute like he did a couple of years ago then this season i would i would leave it with him because i mean like a lot of people have said they weren't so happy with James Milner being vice captain. Well, I didn't mind him being vice captain, but I didn't want him being captain. And unfortunately, we he was captain last season because Henderson was injured. Well, by default. Yeah, yeah, but but more often than not, you know. So I mean, other than to avoid for injury, I mean, if like I said, if you have a fit and fire in Henderson, I would leave it with him and see how it goes. I don't see a reason to to wrestle it off him. If you're not going to get the games out of him, then, then what the guys have said is, is spot on. I mean, Emre Chan or Mamadou Sacco, you know, they've, they've got to be probably the strongest contenders. Sorry, what would you think taking the captaincy would do off a player, though? Wouldn't it give him sort of take it away from his confidence? or? It may do. It may do. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, you know, Rogers nearly shipped Henderson out to, to Fulham in exchange for Clint Dempsey, you know, and, and he it's only it was only after that that Henderson went on to kind of become a star, that, that he has any standing with the Liverpool fans, because the first season under Kenny, he had none. Rodgers' first season, you know, he started to play his way into the team. He only got into the team around about Christmas time, because, you know, like I said, he was going to be shipped out the door in the summer, and he, he wanted to stay and fight for his place. And it's only since then that, that he uh, attained any status. So he seems to have that kind of personality that if, if you take me down a peg, I'm going to show you that uh, I am. I can do this. So perhaps it would fire him up. On the other hand, he might think, fuck this, you know. I mean, it depends, but he's shown it. He's, he seems to have shown the personality that at every turn where anyone's put him down, written him off, uh, tried tried to get rid of him, had reservations about him. He's he's played his way through it and and shown himself to be very very valuable and actually risen to be captain from from being almost sold, almost given as part exchange for Clint 
fucking Dempsey, who six months after that deal was shipped off the United States, and I don't think he, I think he's retired now, to be honest, I don't think he even plays. This is a guy who then, from part of that deal, went on to become Liverpool captain. So he can, he, he, he can turn it around if, if he gets it taken, taken from him. But do you really say, we're talking about Sacco and we're talking about Chan, and there are a couple of other contenders, but do you really, if, if Henderson's going to be fit and playing, do you really see a, we should definitely take it from Henderson and give it to a Chan or give it to a Sacco? Just I do. Who would you give I it do. to? I do. I th- I, I, well, personally, I would give it to Sacco. Uh, I'm a vice captaincy to, to Chan. Uh, that, w- that would be my choice straight up. And I think that what we saw, and especially whenever we look back on, on the Europa League and we look at uh, the United game that Sacco played, and that guy was not just an immense rock in the defence. He understood what, what was at stake. He understood and fed into the fans. He, you know, he took control of the game. He was ushering people around. Even he was in people's ear. I know I'm sort of old school on it, but that's what I want to see from a captain. And I want to see like blood and thunder. Not that that's sort of, you know, like that. No offense to Jordan Henderson. He's a fine player, but he looks like he's fucking swallowed a golf ball most of the time. You know what I mean? And I just well, think he's got that kind of you'll be scared of. Like he's swallowed a goldfish, actually. And it's like free. <laughs> a golf ball would go as far as. <laughs> A captain should have a bit more charisma and a bit more personality. And again, it's my old schoolness here probably getting in the way and, and clouding my judgment on it. But for me, I see those two. You know, so Emery Chan take take the field for Germany in, in the semi-final, which they lost. But the kid just never looked for one second out of his depth or out of place. And, and you know what I mean? And, and, and that kind of a boy as well, you know, he leads by example. He's never out of his depth. He plays with the utmost confidence and the utmost confidence in himself. And that, again, for me, traits of a leader, traits of the man I want to see with an armband on. You know, I'll, I'll throw it open again across to Amara, who wants to come in. I was going to say, Sacco and Chan kind of like quite fire, fiery characters. And you do want to see that side of um, kind of personalities from captain um but then again you had steven gerrard who used to show that fiery temperament in his play rather than in his personality so it just depends on how how it's projected on the pitch and you can also have leaders who aren't captains as well you you know you had um jamie carragher used to you know always be talking and shouting and you know talking to all his defenders but he was even when gerrard was captain so it's not necessary but the thing, the only thing with Sacco that it might be an issue, like I said, it, it would be his injury record. If he's out a lot, then you still you're going to have the inconsistency of the back and forth. No, and I remember, I think it was Johnny Henderson said one of the first podcasts we ever did um, when we talked about Emery Chan, and you know he said on the podcast. Jamie Chan is a player I want to see in that position, in that shirt for the next ten years, and I certainly think that what he's done since then. And, and certainly with the Klopp arrival, with the Klopp new contract, I think that we're in a position where, you know, the longevity of Chan could actually come to fruition uh, in that regard. And that's why I, I, if, if he's not I, at the moment, I would give it to, to, to Sacco with uh, Chan as the understudy. Again, Sacco is kind of injury prone. He'll, he'll go out a couple of times in the season. So that allows Chan then to, to step up and let us see. But it's lovely to have. You can't have enough leaders in the pitch. You can't have enough. I, 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 I'd have 11 captains. Unfortunately, at Liverpool, we don't we don't have that luxury. We, we, we tried. Have we, we tried to buy them uh, at, at one point. I mean, didn't we? We Lallana was Southampton captain, but he's erectile dysfunction. Yeah, we we had we had a lot of we 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 signed a lot at the time. I remember uh, it being a being a theme when 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 Rogers was saying he was, he was going after character, you know, and identifying characters. Obviously, they didn't identify necessarily all the right ones. But yeah, I mean, I think long term, I think Klopp may well be grooming 
Emery Chan to be the captain. He has that in mind. But, I mean, next season, what will Emery be? He'll only be 22, won't he? So, I mean, he'd be, be quite young to be given that responsibility. So, I, I definitely think Klopp might have him earmarked um, as a future as a fu- future captain because, like you said, the longevity looks looks set to, to come to fruition now. Uh, what with Klopp's contract and, and the endorsement Klopp's given chance since his uh, since his arrival so yeah i think long no, term, and that must, we will see him there no indeed and and you know carly that must be music to your ears because i know now i know that you like the guy but as a player i know that you you really like the guy as well yes i totally agree with johnny when he first said that i mean i've liked him really since since he first came i think he has sort of turned to a lot of people who were doubting him They've now come around to him, but it's like you guys have said, he is a leader. You see him talking on the pitch and he has absolutely no fear. He's full of confidence. And like you have already said, that's what you want to see. That's the person that you want to be looking up to. You would not think he is the age that he is. You know, I mean, last season uh, near the end, I think there was a couple of games Kevin Stewart was playing and everybody said, oh, he's the next best thing. He's the next best thing. And then when everybody looked at his ages, he's actually older than Emory Chan. So when you, you look at it like that and put it into perspective, you know, he is a bit young to be given the captaincy, um, but at the same time, he doesn't necessarily look or act his age. So it could it could work, but I wouldn't necessarily take the captaincy off someone. I don't think that's a good idea unless they're, they're going to be sold. I personally don't think it would be a good confidence Sell them, sell them, sell them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Like, it could happen if this guy grew Obviously, I mean, it was a friendly tonight, but... He looked an absolute beast, and I'm telling you now, if you've seen him and Emery Chan the next few years in our midfield, Henderson has no place in it. Yeah, he's been signed well, I'll, I'll tell you, straight in, like, Really? Yeah. Well, I saw a photograph that's been doing the rounds on Twitter of him beside uh, Alberto Moreno, and I don't know whether it's a case of Father Ted, you know, this one's big and this one's far away, <laughs> or, 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 or Moreno shrunk over the summer or something, but uh, this boy does look exceedingly large by comparison to Alberto Moreno. I think he's yeah, he, 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 he? so for a central midfielder, for he reminded me of the villain in one of the James Bond movies. You know the one with the the steel teeth. Jaws. <laughs> That's it. Jaws, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looks, so it reminds me of him. He's big and quite imposing figure. But when when you when you hear him talk, I heard, heard his post match interview afterwards. He's he's quite sweet. So maybe he just keeps his mouth shut and plays on the pitch. Yeah. He might put the fear of God into people. It's like Vieira, though. I mean, Vieira was nailed on the pitch, and as soon as he spoke, he had this lovely, soft French accent. Like, mm. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, oh, Carly's right. I was watching as well, and he does look like um, a really good signing. I'm really excited. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just really sort of blown away that Neil says he's bought to go straight in, and 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 then you, the comments that came after that. I'm dying to see this guy. As I say, I don't have that luxury at the I moment. I didn't get to but see hopefully... tonight's game either. I was working, but yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it back. Well, here, Neil, I want to I want to stick with him in it because there's another one that won't go away. It's hanging around like a bad smell. And I'm just wondering from again from your geographical location, maybe you can cast some light on it for it, and that's Mario Gozzi, who's continually, you know. It's almost like now, you know, well, this is the deal. You know, he, he's going somewhere now and, you know, we may come in with an 11th hour bid. There's no doubt about it. We have money to burn at the minute. I'm going to, we'll talk about I, I'm sure, before before we finish and that's another 15 million in. Skittles is away somewhere. God, thank God, anywhere uh, for 5 million. And, you know, the old kitty's sort of swelling up. Now, I know Klopp isn't traditionally a man to, to throw a lot of money about but do you still feel there's legs in this Goatsy um, transfer, or do you think it's just paper talk? At the moment, um, I think it's it's recycling a little bit, but 
there's I I don't think there's any doubt that if if Goethe becomes Goethe I should say becomes available at the eleventh hour for the twenty million I I think Klopp will definitely go for it. He for him I think he'd see it, he sees it uh, as a no brainer uh, if somebody like that's available for a price like twenty million, especially in the market that we're talking about where Benteke is going at thirty two million and Pogba's going at a hundred million and and so on and so forth. He would bite the hand off. Uh, we do have money. There's no doubt, and it's great to see a manager actually now finally being ruthless, and not in in a bad way. Ruthless in in the sense that it ruthless through necessity in trimming this kind of really unbalanced and bloated squad and getting money money back as well. I mean that's great. So yeah, I think there there are legs if if that comes up. He's he had a poor tournament. We heard. We know Germany had a poor tournament. I heard you talk about it earlier. And they did. They squeaked through pretty much every round. Their only really convincing game was against Slovakia. And, and they were really awful that day. So, and good to feel to, to, to shine for, um, for even this Germany team. And he was left out, in fact, in, in a lot of the latter stages. And uh, I don't think got any game time or very, very little game time after the group stages. So he's out of favour in the national team. He's he's been told at Bayern that at 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 the very best he's a bit part player in the cups. He's not going to be a starter. He's not in the manager's long term plans. He will sit out the season and then leave on a free if that is to be his wish. So basically, find a club is what he's been told. Whether obviously he wants he wants to go to Spain or whatever or Real Madrid or he, he doesn't, perhaps doesn't want to come to Liverpool. Well, it'll be interesting to see which top clubs are are in for him. Certainly, City wouldn't be with with Guardiola being there. Maybe a Mourinho signs him just for badness. I don't know. He is the kind that would go play at United for Mourinho. Uh, there's no doubt. But it's open. Anyone who who, who can uh, you know turn his head will uh, will get him. It looks like this summer. No, and you know I want I want to come to you, ladies, on this, and I'll come to Carly first on it. You know, given his sort of lack of form, and he really did carry a lack of form into into the Euros and out of it. Um, do you feel that that maybe he now constitutes a risk for us because that is certainly what the fan base seemed to feel to a certain extent. Yes, but but then again, when you consider who our manager is, can he bring out the best of him again? For me personally, I at the minute I want to see who clubs going to get rid of before we start bringing in another midfielder. Because at the minute we're juggling midfielders and I think for me there's other areas of the squad need addressed before that. But as Neil said, at the end of the day, if we can get him for a decent price, then maybe it, maybe it is worth a try. And Omara, for you, um, would, would you agree with Carly there? Would, would, would you say, you know, it, it is a risk, but it's a risk worth taking? Well, I thought this um, whole story had died down, but obviously not. It's <laughs> coming back to haunt us. But um... I, I think I think basically until such time as he finds himself a club, the the club goats are link will will just continue yeah. to roll on. And it was weird because Bayern kept telling him to go, and he was just sort of they were dragging him out, and he wasn't really, um, you know, clinging with his fingernails, really, wasn't he? That was the kind of stories that were going around. But um, don't see it as a risk personally. I think you know the past history. With, that he has with Klopp can only be beneficial and um, you know a player of that of that quality if he's available for 20 million I think it would be silly not to snap him up if the if the opportunity came and um, I'm sure I'm sure Klopp would be able to to sort of reignite his career if anyone would be able to do it, it would be him so yeah I mean it would be a welcome addition um, is, is it going to happen I'm not quite sure I just don't think Oh, I mean, I guess anything can happen in a transfer window. These things can happen on the last day, but um, 
we'll have to wait and see. Some players then just um, don't want to leave. I've just read that Benteke wants to stay <laughs> and fight for his place. So that's you don't, a, just don't know. I think that's you just don't uh, know. the bonus, isn't it? So, you know, whenever he gets sold, he gets his, his payoff or whatever. Mm, yeah, I don't know. You just don't know with these guys, you know, things change. Things can change overnight and there's still a long way to go in this transfer window. So, but um, yeah, well, I'd be happy for him to come. It would be really good, good signing. And we're talking about calculated risks here. Um, and we'll move on to the next topic because it sort of segues in quite nicely. And we, we, you know, as a club, we seem to have taken a calculated risk in letting Jordan Ibe go. But we have safeguarded that with clauses that we can buy him back and so on. And, and, and if he moves on for a profit, we get portions of the profit and whatnot. We seem to be sort of boxing a lot cleverer these days in the transfer market and certainly you know as, as someone said I forget which one of you did said about you know it seems to be a completely different atmosphere to me. we seem to be getting money back for players again you know I'll come to you first Carly because I know you, you quite like Dive for a stage are you happy to see him go and what do you feel about the clauses do you think that's good business by Liverpool um, first of all yes at, at this moment in time I am happy to see him go um, obviously whenever Sterling left the focus seemed to be on I but was he going to be the next Sterling can he be better than Sterling Unfortunately, I has been far too inconsistent for us, especially whenever Rogers' tenure was coming to an end. His form dipped, and then when Klopp came in, Klopp seemed to take uh, some kind of liking to him. You know, put his arm around him, and his performances improved. But then they took another nosedive again. So I really didn't see anything different happening this season. For me, it would have been another season of inconsistency. So for him to go to Bournemouth, he'll probably play week in, week week out there. And maybe maybe that will be the making of him, getting consistent game time. Whereas for us, he really wasn't getting that. So yes, it is good business. And it's also good to see that we're now finally a slightly more business savvy whenever it comes to selling on the players, putting these uh, clauses in the contracts. Because let's face it, we've been hit with them more times than enough so for me that is, that is a good good thing but it just now you sort of leaves me wondering are we now a bit light on the wings yeah well we've got Markovic back I suppose it's one way of looking at it and, and we basically have bought another wide man so you, you know and, and even you, you take it at the end of the season last season Carly for what chances did I really get you know he, he was on the periphery really Neil for, for you do you see it, this as a change in our in our business tactics in the transfer market? I, I think it's a great deal. I think it's a great deal for everyone. I'm delighted for Ibe as well, as Carly rightly said, about getting game time and developing. Because we do have that buyback clause, and if he does come good, and there is promise with him, there's no two ways about it. There's a potential player. I, th- I think it's an excellent piece of business for everyone involved. Yeah, pretty much parrot that. I mean, he has to go and develop in, a, in an atmosphere where there isn't that pressure on him to perform every second of every game you know where he's going to be given leeway where he's going to be given the chance to express himself without fear of of getting pilloried because towards the end of last season when I played he he, he basically he got dogs abuse and not saying necessarily that some of it some of it wasn't deserved I mean he he didn't play particularly well but uh, he seemed seemed to have a problem with his head he couldn't get it right uh, he showed flashes, and he has shown in flashes that he, he does have something. Of course, he's got his pace and his power, but you know, it, it's the football and brain. It's the ability to think when under pressure. It's the ability not to just run down a blind alley because you haven't thought of the next pass, or you don't have the confidence in your shot, or or you you know you don't you haven't decided that you're going to beat the man and put the cross in. Whatever whatever you may decide to do. The hallmark of Ives' game towards the back end of the season or the, the last few games he played was indecision. 
and that's fatal, really. I mean, just being indecisive at that split second where you really have to make that move turns a, a very, very good player into somebody who's really bang average. He needs to get away. It's a great team for him to be going to. Eddie Howe's a, a really excellent young manager and he, he wants his teams to play. And they do play good football and they've got a crowd there that appreciates that and, and doesn't expect to win every week, doesn't expect their new young players to be like their old young players were when you think about Michael Owen or um, or Steven Gerrard or or Robbie Fowler or, or whatever somewhere that that will uh, will allow their this cur- you know somebody of Ives age to 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 flourish so i think it's good business yes you're exactly right with the with the buyback clause that's great it's it's a bit of savvy that liverpool really haven't been shown and haven't shown for a long long time so if he does really come good it's great we get our buyback if he doesn't, or if he, he just goes on to be an, an average Premier League player, decent enough, then we've made 15 million. And it, it, we need the money and we need fewer players. We need to be more uh, horribly corporate world, but we need to be more efficient, you know, in that sense. So. No, and, and I think these, these are the, the, the areas that they're working on. You know, certainly the backroom's taking on a new field and whatnot. And, and you know, there, there are definite changes taking place at Liverpool. And obviously we'll not know. We'll be sitting here in May discussing, you know, how, how it's all fitted in. But, you know, we can only talk from, from the present. And, Omara, for you, I, I, um, you know, the Jordan Ives thing, how, where, where does it sit with you? What would, be, what would your thoughts be on it? Yeah, I'm quite happy for him to apply his trade elsewhere at the moment. I have to agree with everything um, Carly and Neil have just said. You know, the biggest thing, kind of weakness, you would say, in his game, it was his indecision. He just kind of just wanted to dribble, you know, the defenders and then not make that decisive pass when it was really needed. But, you know, it was it was odd because in the beginning we saw – Klopp and I, when we saw kind of a really sweet relationship between the two, you know, I don't know if you probably remember the, the vines that were a viewer of him calling him Ivy and all the rest of it. And it would, it seemed like he really believed in him. And then suddenly, obviously, um, uh, I just went up and down in his form, didn't play for a while. And it, it kind of, kind of fizzled out at the end of the season, which was a shame. I mean, he used some, some really good qualities and then, it kind of it didn't work out for him, but I think you know I think Klopp still believes in him. I think he does need to maybe move away, like Neil said, the pressure's off, and hopefully he can then really flourish as a player. And then you know you, you never know he might he might be um, on his way back one day. You know when he when he has um, improved on on his weaknesses, and I think I think it's a really good bit of business at the moment. No, and it's going to be a fascinating watch to see what happens with that one, and, and to see just how he does at Bournemouth, because as as was rightly said, he is going to get playing time there, and um, you know for for a prolonged period, which we he never really got. You know, I don't think he ever got a stretch of ten games for us or anywhere near it even. You know, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a bit of crack here and just ask you a question. As it stands today, and first of all, I'll ask Neil this one. As it stands today, where do you see us finish? This season. For fuck's sake. Ah, <laughs> what an arse of a question. The Lord asked got the question. For fuck's sake, Neil. So I mean why not why not first? You know, why not first? Well, given given what's coming, like, you know, given what's coming in, in, in tactical managers, to basically one of the three big clubs, all of the three big clubs, uh, or three big rivals as we would see them. Do you think that that's realistic that we can win the league over over, over that? Yeah, I don't see. I don't see why not. In the sense that if everyone starts at zero and Mourinho's coming in to a Man United, that you know, again, I had to agree with, with what, a lot of what was being said on on the the 
bodies in the box podcast. You know, it's a de- desperate measures. Man United are, you know, throwing, throwing mud at a wall and throwing money all around themselves. And while it was also acknowledged that Mourinho may get some, some success, and I'm sure he probably will get a, a level of success at United, I don't suddenly see all their problems being fixed and them winning the league next year necessarily. Again, Guardiola at, at City, yes, they have a good core, but as was rightly pointed out, their core is, is, has been there a long, long, long time. And certain parts of it, your Yaya Toure's, for example, aren't going to be there next year. You've got question marks over Joe Hart, what's happening there. Uh, you've got Guardiola coming in the Premier League for the first time. No, n- not necessarily going to hit the ground running straight away. Uh, you've got Conte coming in to, to Chelsea. Of course, a great uh, tactician, very much of, of the Italian school. Um, we'll have to see what he can manage w- with Chelsea. But again, they've... You know, their squad's been up and down. They were terrible last year. I mean, the, so is, is Conte coming in and waving a magic wand, especially given that he's been uh, away at years? I don't think, has he even taken up his post at Chelsea yet? Probably not. He's probably still on leave after the Euros. So, I mean, he's got much less time to really um, to stamp his authority on things and get things done and get them ready. I think it's going to be crucial how we start. I think that's why that puts us in a stronger position than the three clubs we've just mentioned because we have a manager that's in situ, that's by, that, that knows, has identified the weaknesses in his squad, that knows his players better and has been signing players all summer. So, like I said, when you start from a position of zero and you consider the situation of the, the other contenders and we haven't even mentioned the title winners from last year, we haven't even mentioned the, the perennial kind of Underachievers in Spurs, even though people claim they had a fantastic season last season, they didn't. They they had less points than they had under under Redknapp. And the Arsenal's, who who are always fourth, third, second, haven't made that push to a title in in a long, long time. I think they're better positioned than perhaps an Arsenal or Spurs are are better positioned even than than those other three actual bigger clubs in terms of in terms of finances. That's that's just my call. I'm not saying. That they'll all be terrible or anything, but I'm just saying it's not necessarily going to be rosy for them. And if you don't believe you can win the league from from the start, then you've got no chance. No, I'm, I'm, I hear you on that. It's just I, I I don't even I don't know. I just for this season for me, it's all about top four. It's always about top four uh, uh, as a stepping stone at the moment. And you know, I'm going to settle for anything in those top four places. One, one, two, three, or four. Sadly, at the moment, if I'm honest with myself, I don't see us in those places. I see us in fifth or sixth. And, and I'm, I really hate saying that, but it's what I feel at this moment in time. Carly, for you, where where do you stand on this one? Are we title challengers or where are we? Pretty much what you just said. Realistically, fifth or sixth, I'd be over the moon if we got top four. Um, looking at things positively, everything Neil has just said, you know, uh, United, Chelsea, City have new managers. They're getting to know their players. The players are getting to know the manager's playing styles. So in certain aspects... We're slightly ahead of them because Klopp's already been here for a good few months. And also the fact that we don't have any European football this year should really help us. You know, it should mean that really each week there's a consistent 11 playing with each other each and every game. For me, that goes in our favour. But like you said, I just, 
And if we get top four, I'll be absolutely over the moon. I can't say he's winning the league at all. No, and I'll come to Amara, the same question. You know, uh, you know, while, while we say, yes, Klopp's been in situ for a while, but obviously his personnel is going to change. None of those were Klopp players. Those were all, basically every single one of them last season belonged to Rodgers or were Rodgers' purchases. Where do you see us finishing this year? As we stand today, and I will revisit this as the season starts, obviously when, when all the windows close and, and we know exactly where we're standing. But today, where do you stand on it? Well, they've just said everything I wanted to say, but I'm going to look at it from both angles because... You bastards! um, (laughs) Well, no, you. You come to me last all the time. (laughs) But... um yeah, I would be really, really surprised. You gotta work on the you gotta work on that Northern Ireland accent, and then I'll come to you first. <laughs> so it's just xenophobia, then, isn't it? Really, second-class citizen. Well, Honestly, it's the UK. Yeah. Come on, it's the UK. A bit of xenophobia, sure. <laughs> We're voting to leave this Europe. Is true. And whatnot. We're used to it with Brexit. What was I saying? Anyway, um, yeah, I would be really surprised if Conte and Guardiola came in and won the league. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, you, you just don't come into a brand new league and, and do these things. I mean, what, where they're both world-class managers. We know that, but it's very, very different kettle of fish when you come to the Premier League. That leaves then Arsenal, Tottenham and United. Mourinho is a proven winner. Although he's coming into a disjointed Man United squad, I wouldn't discount him completely. Um, I think that would be quite foolish. But then there's so many things that aren't in his favour as well. Like we said, the squad and he's got a lot of work to do there. I would think that someone like a team like Arsenal might take advantage and a team like us would be able to take advantage. But it's just it's difficult to predict at the moment. You know, those two Liverpool and Arsenal could be the teams that because they're settled with their managers. I mean, you know, obviously with um, Wenger, they've been settled for 20 years now and we've had Klopp for for less than a year. But still, Wenger Wenger as well as in his last season, um, you know, he will want. Out on a high, I would say this will be, and, and they've made it a very good purchase because that's yeah. what they do. They only they only buy one or two, but the ones that they're looking at, and, and you know that guy Saha is it is meant to be a real top operator. Jacka. Yes, so, Jacka, granted, Jacka, no. Yeah, sorry, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> you you know me and my pronunciations. Like you want to get me going in Spanish or Portuguese? It's awful. Jacka, <laughs> is it? Yeah, granted, Jacka. Jacka's a, that's a freak here. Jacka and Fox. <laughs> But yeah, I was saying that teams, uh, he, teams like Liverpool and Arsenal could be the ones to benefit. It just all depends on on, on how we start. You know, the signings that any additions that Klopp makes from now on in as well. I mean, the the signings that we've made already seem to be not fitting in. But you know, you know, they've been here for a little while now, and then they'll have that full preseason. So it wait, it, it just just difficult to really predict. But um, I, I wouldn't like to predict a position. I would like to think we'd we'd take advantage of. You know, with, with all these new managers coming in, that we would take advantage of maybe them settling in. But I couldn't. Oh, I don't want to say okay. where we're going to finish. Top four. Top four. Yes. Oh. That's yeah, all I'm saying. I, I think I think it would be a definitely. A but I don't think. Yeah. I think winning the league, you know, would be. It would be amazing. Um, I just it might be a step too far. It might be a bit too soon. We haven't done. But it. you know what? And also, we haven't league. done we it all, for, we 20, almost did for it. twenty-six years. It can't be too yeah. soon. It can never uh, be too soon. With, with with Klopp, I mean, and you know, <laughs> but we almost did it a couple of years ago against all the odds. Who would have thought that? So you just never know with football. Who could predict Leicester winning it? No one. Yeah, Gibraltar. Anybody? No. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> 
Sorry, we've got to leave him alone, but it is funny. Uh, what were they called? The Lincoln double... Reds or something? Lincoln Jets? What were they called? Lincoln Jets? Yeah. I don't know. Something like they that, had yeah. some, some superstar Uruguayan striker, some ringer. <laughs> the winner, apparently, so... There you, go. there you go. There you go. Hello, hello, hello. Dennis had a great game goal. <laughs> but anyway, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of leave it at that for now because say, we'll be back next week. And hopefully, as I say, with the Euros um, ending, hopefully we'll have some some more news and, and obviously a couple more games, obviously, to talk about in, in the coming week. Uh, Jolly Henderson will be joining us after a couple of weeks. He's on holiday at the minute down County Cork. Uh, immersed in a, a vat of whiskey or something for two weeks i don't know what he's doing but he's part of the podcast and he will slowly be back pickling. yeah slowly pickling himself um him and the wife are in a vat so <laughs> so there we go but before we go i just want to go around the table and where can we find you on twitter and and what you're doing and so on and i'll start with amara since i never start with amara i'll start with amara go ahead amara Oh, thanks, Sam. So I'm, I mean, forever indebted to you, Dave. You can find me on Twitter at underscore U-M-A-R-A. And, you know, yeah, have a read of my article on Cop Left <laughs> that's out today. Yes, because we've got articles and whatnot coming now. We're sort of the, the, the Cop Left has been a, a website for a little while. Uh, we've decided we're going to sort of add more content to it. We're going to add the podcast, obviously, to it, and maybe podcasts uh, as, as we go along. So it's exciting times for this one, and, and hopefully we'll give you a completely something a little bit different than the norm and whatnot. And across to Carly, where can we find you on Twitter and anything that you're doing at the moment? I'm at Mrs. Agar 5 so if everybody wants to follow me, I haven't actually written anything ever, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I am actually considering starting Long writing. Long continue. Long <laughs> <may I> continue. <laughs> well, if, if you ever write anything, you're more than welcome to put it up on the site. It'll not be fucking for you then. <laughs> charming, 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 but I didn't expect anything less. So moving swiftly along, leaving her behind. Don't follow her on Twitter. She's terrible fuck. Terrible, terrible follow uh, Neil, for yourself, anything you're doing at the moment, anything you want to plug, and where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, well, you can follow me at, uh, at Neil1980 on Twitter if you want. Um, though be prepared, I, I do tweet a lot of politics as well, so don't shout at me about that if you just join for the football. You need to take the rough with the smooth. Also, you you hopefully find me on, on this podcast uh, regularly, weekly, and I'm going to be... If everything goes well, I'll be contributing to the CopLeft website uh, with articles as well. Plus, you can find me on Anfield Index, where I write from time to time, and I host the Writer's Pod, which will be starting again this week. Listen, that's fantastic, people. As I say, you know, there's other contributors who are going to be coming on the podcast, and, you know, we have a few different voices. We don't have a huge number of people, but uh, the people that we do have are very good, and that's what you can look forward to in in, in the coming season and, and beyond, hopefully. I'd like to give a shout-out to the World Football Index. Uh, we're doing some great stuff over there at the minute with North American Series, South American Series. We've, we, You know, we've covered the Libertadores. Lots of different sort of niche stuff there. Um, I would say stuff you'll not find on podcasts and other places. We do a weekly Bodies in the Box, which sort of uh, descends into a bit of madness at times, and we just cover the week's events of the whole world of football globally. There's a lot of content coming on there, and a lot of some very, very good experts and some very, very good guests, very knowledgeable people on WFISA. It's a bit niche, but if you want to expand your mind a little bit on, on certainly areas of the game that don't get an awful lot of coverage mainstream, give us a shout. And of course, follow our, our Twitter account. Um, at the cop left 
drop into the website of the site. Omara has even done an article already uh, in preparation for this pod. Everybody else, even Cardi's going to do one. I might even write an article. You never know. Well, it depends how angry I get. I only write when I'm angry. So, uh, other than that, we will be back again next week. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to download, and thank you very much for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it greatly, and hopefully you'll tune in again. We haven't put you off too much, and we'll be back again next week. So, until then, it's thank you and goodbye. Thank you.